Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And this is the Lord's word. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Joseph. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Praise be to the Lord, our God, for gathering us here together to worship him. We thank you for our children. As many of you know, um, our good brother Stephen and his wife Grace gave birth to their child. So we welcome Olivia Grace to this world and praise be to the Lord that he continues to be faithful to us. And we have just one more child waiting for to be born pretty soon. And we pray for Phil and Minhe that uh, uh, from now until the end of the pregnancy, the Lord would bless you richly and eager expectation to become, well, father and, and the mother. This is our last message before we start our series next week on the book of Malachi. And as I was reflecting upon this fall and sort of the newness of the school year, the newness of traffic once again, that um, it'd be a good time for us to, to eagerly anticipate what the Lord has in store for all of us. And I think for many of us, as new things come into our lives, we become kind of anxious about what is about to occur. Uh, we become a little bit fearful about what these next steps in our lives will, will entail. And we wonder before the Lord, Lord, do you know what you're doing? Do you have my best interests at heart? Do you have the best interests of my future in your mind? And many of us, when we have sort of those minutes apart from our cell phones or apart from watching Netflix, and we get to really reflect and think, uh, we come to the Lord in desperation going, God, only you know. And I pray that as you do so, the Lord would give you a peace that is truly beyond your own understanding. We do not have our lives in our own hands. God has our lives in his hands. And our God surely is faithful to you and to me. He has never failed. Never. And because of his trustworthiness, we can put our lives in his hands. In many ways, when we start something new, when chaos seems to, to fly all around us, it's God's way of speaking to us, even in a louder voice, just turning up the volume just a little bit louder to say, hey, remember. I am the one who will give you peace. Come to me. Our passage today reflects this truth. And I want to encourage you through this passage in 1 John chapter 4 
to know that God's perfect love indeed casts out all fear. Once again, fear comes in many, many different forms. For some of you, it really is anxiety. For some of you, fear comes in the the threat of punishment. For some of you, fear works itself out in being a workaholic, crossing every I, sorry, dotting every I as many times as possible, crossing every T as many times as possible. But fear does one thing to all of us. Fear makes us look inward. It makes us feel as if we are never good enough to achieve what we want to achieve. Fear drives many of us to succeed, but to succeed in such a way that we lose our sense of who we are in Christ, that our peace is taken away from us. But I want to encourage you to remember And this is the first point. Fear is a liar. Let me say that once again. Fear is a liar. It is one of the things that this world does to us in our hearts. When we have anxiety, when we are working until our our knuckles are, are bleeding, that The fear drives us to succeed or the fear drives us so inwardly that we can't do anything. But one thing we understand is that fear is a liar. Fear tells you that your identity is only worthy of what you succeed in or what you become. Fear tells you that you are who you are dependent upon what someone else says about you. Fear tells you that if something happens in your life that's disastrous, that you lose yourself completely. But fear lies. And fear preys on you. We know this just in the little things that we experience every day. When you were little and you got lost in the mall before cell phones. You thought that you would never see mom or dad again. But in reality, you know that that mall now is actually kind of small. And you'll find your mom and your dad. And when you look back, you're like, yeah, mom was just in the next aisle. I just was looking at a toy a little bit too long. And we saw that fear lied. That mom was always there besides me. Fear lies to you and tells you that you are your education and your degree. But after you graduate high school or college or whatever degree you might have, you realize that's not who I am. Why did I fear? Fear lies. Fear lies when it tells you that you will, you are what you're, how much you make. And perhaps one day you make what you desire to make. A 
but fear lies. You see, we as God's people, we need to call out our anxieties, call out our fears. And to know that these fears do not lead to salvation, but they lead us in the path of destruction. Fear is a liar, brothers and sisters. Fear lies. The beauty of this passage is it tells us that that fear has to do with what? It has to do with punishment. And in the passage before that, here in all first John, it, it talks about the fact that when you fear, when you're not in God's love, per se, that the only thing that waits for you is punishment. And we understand this. We intuitively understand that fear has to do with blessing or curses. For when we fear something, it, it simply means we worship that thing. And we ask that thing to, to bless us because if, if it doesn't bless us, then it curses us. Fear. You know, here in this room, when I look around, we're, we're, we're here in many different stages, many different experiences in life. And when we hear people expressing their fears, expressing their anxiety. Our duty to love these people is not to say to them something like, oh, I've been through that. You'll get over it. Let's keep walking. But our duty as God's people is to acknowledge everyone's fear at whatever age they may be, from children to those who are older than us, and to bring them to the love of Christ. Yes, you're fearful, perhaps, of your future, your relationships, your children. I'm not here to say, I've been there. You'll get over it. But we're here to say God hears. Come to God. He will not punish you. He will not judge you. But he will show you his ever, he will show you his ever presence in your life. You see, ultimately. These fears of life are simply downstream fears. These are fears that we see at the, at, the, at the end of the river. And if we simply deal with these fears of life at the end of the river, we know the waters keep rushing in. Or we know that one fear in one life stage will be replaced with another fear in another life stage and so forth and so forth. And what happens to us as God's people is that if we indulge these fears from one life stage to the next, to the next, that habit, those fears become our character. 
becomes embedded in our hearts. And God is not here simply to answer these things downstream. But God wants to get to the headwaters of your heart. The source of all your fears. That he might not simply change your habits, but change the way you think. Change your perception of truth. Change the way you love change the way you live. And those headwaters that we are talking about, this fear, is the fear that God himself does not have our best interests at heart. It is the original sin, if I can say that. It is the original fear that has given birth to everything else that we fear today. Remember the garden? Adam and Eve, they were enjoying the fruits of creation that God had made them. They were able to, to walk with God, with God in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the beautiful breeze of the day. There was no fear in the garden. There was only love, God's presence. But what disturbed this perfect life that they had? Was it not the evil one, Satan himself? Did God really say you would not die? Do you not want to be like God, knowing good and evil? The father of lies. Casting fear upon Adam and Eve. God does not have your best interests in mind. And they believed him. And ever since that day, all of humanity lived in fear. We know that Adam and Eve hid before the Lord, made coverings for themselves in fear. Because they had believed a lie. You and I, as God's people, we cannot simply live downstream, always sort of picking off one thing in our lives that we have to have to sort of fix or to manage. We will be doing that forever and ever. But not only that, but fixing and correcting behaviors and habits are very temporary. But the heart needs to change. All of our hearts need to change. And so what does the Lord do? Perfect 
love casts out fear. It is God's perfect love for you that has cast out all fear, all that has to do with punishment, all that is related to anxiety, all that is related to perfectionism, all that is related to inwardness. The perfect love of Jesus has cast away. Now, for you're following my argument, you'll see that there's two things that we need to do. First is yes, apply the perfect love of Christ downstream. Your behaviors, your anxieties. You need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I do not know what's going to happen this semester. Oh my goodness, my kids are going to school for the very first time without me. Some of you might be celebrating, but there's, there's fear in that as well. You go, Lord, here's my fears, but I trust you with my children. Here are my fears, I trust you with my school. Here are my fears, I trust you with this new season in my workplace. And bring them to the Lord. But you can't stop there. Because the human heart, we do not tend to go upstream. The human heart continues to always go downstream. And what I mean by that is that you stop in your prayers about these immediate needs. Slowly but surely, your God will become a God who's simply there to help you. And then before you know it, you start making God into your own image. That God has to be, well, the one who surrounds me, who serves me. And before you know it, not only will you have contempt for God because he's not going to help you according to your needs, but you're going to just raise your level of fearfulness and anxiety. But God wants you to go all the way to the headwaters as well when you pray. Lord, deep in my heart, I fundamentally don't trust you with anything. I am like Adam and Eve in the garden. Fundamentally, Lord God, I fear all things even though when I know that you have been there through all of history, that you have been there for me. In my own personal life, I fundamentally fear. Why do we need to go there? We need to go there just so that we can experience 1 John chapter 4. And can I, can I even expand and say all of 1 John and we need to see that it is God's love for you. 
That while you were enemies of the cross, while you were living in fear, while you were living in your anxiety, God still loved you in Christ. That Jesus was sent to you, not when your anxieties were gone, not when your perfectionism was gone, but he loved you in the midst of it. That is perfect love. It is not a love dependent upon how you are doing in your heart. It is not a love dependent upon whether your anxieties are gone, but it's a love that loves you in the midst of your fears, in the midst of you and I believing the father of lies. That is the perfect love. He loves you while you are not worthy of being loved. There is no more perfect love than that. And so we come to Jesus at the headwaters where the cross is, is, is raised. And we see that Jesus has cut it off. And that that perfect love for us has taken away all fear. And has given us peace. I'm not saying that the waters don't still trickle down. What I am saying, what God is saying, that his perfected love, that you are no longer prisoners to your fears and anxieties. They are no longer that which controls you and your actions. God has renewed your hearts so that you can say no to unrighteousness. Remember last week we talked about contentment. 1 Corinthians 4.13. Remember, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What does that verse mean? It's the same thing here. I can be content in God. I am not controlled by my anxieties. I am not controlled by fear. There's residual effects, yes, but God controls me. I can say yes to God and no to other things because of his perfect love in my life. Brothers and sisters, there will always be things in this world that tug at our hearts good things but be aware of Satan hiding underneath tempting you to fear the worst in all these things he lies lastly as you rest in Jesus' perfect love for you as you see that there is nothing to fear, for Christ is with you. The whole point of 1 John, especially 1 John chapter 4, is that when perfect love drives out that fear, it enables us to love as well. Think about that. Where does love come from? Love doesn't come from fear. Love does not come from anxiety. Love does not come from being a perfectionist. 
we, we intuitively understand that. Being around an anxious person, someone who's anxious all the time, it's just really difficult to, to feel as if they're present in your life. They're always worrying about what's happening in their own life as well. It's hard to be around someone who's, who's a perfectionist, who's always in fear, trying to get things down. You, you feel like you're invisible at times. Now, by God's grace, no one's 100% anxious and no one's 100% a perfectionist. No one 100% lives by fear. But, but you understand what we're saying here. But those who trust the Lord in all these things, they're the ones who can love. They are the ones who can look out into the body of Christ, look out amongst their families, look out into the world and be able to love people who do not have hope in Christ, to love people who have forgotten their hope in Christ. It is that perfected love in Jesus that compels us to love others as well. Brothers and sisters, if there is a verse that you need to memorize for this fall, it would be this passage, 1 John 4, verse 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. And Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say yes to God. Say yes to him. You can do it. For Christ has strengthened you. For Christ has renewed you. Christ is among you. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy in all things. Father, we thank you that there is no fear in love. There is no fear in you. For your perfect love casts out all fear. For fear does have to do with punishment. Father, we confess our sins to you. Father, in many ways, this world has normalized anxiety, has normalized perfectionism that we are victims of these things and not sort of perpetrators of these sins. But Father, we confess that being, we confess that simply saying that we are victims and looking for remedies with that diagnosis leads nowhere. It leads to more fear, more anxiety. It leads to self-righteousness. But Lord, the diagnosis that you have made is that our fears, our anxieties, our perfectionism comes because of our sins. We don't trust you to be the one who has our best interests in mind. And so we confess our sins to you. We confess our fears and anxieties to you. We lay these down before you. 
We ask of you for your forgiveness. And we ask of you, Lord, to be the good teacher, be the good counselor, and teach us step by step, day by day, to say yes to righteousness. And when we fall, and we know we will fall, help us to fall upon the grace that is ours in Jesus. Not to believe in the lies of Satan once again, who says, see, you messed up again. But help us, Lord God, to rely upon your perfect love and grace all the time. Be with our church, Lord God. May we live such a life that all those who come into our presence, into our community, may see that we do not live by fear, but we live by the love of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.